1: Thomas Fortino and Brian Uselding are investment advisor representatives of Retirement Wealth Advisors Inc., an SEC registered investment advisor. Alpha Wealth Group, Retirement Wealth Advisors, and AM560 The Answer Radio are not affiliated. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. This information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with the professionals specializing in the field of tax, legal, accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their individual situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. In. Invest- Investments will fluctuate, and when redeemed, may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Now stay tuned for the Alpha Wealth Hour, heard every Saturday at 9 a.m. right here on AM560, The Answer.
0: It's time for the Alpha Wealth Hour, presented by the Alpha Wealth Group, the show that brings together the trilogy of estate, tax, and retirement planning. The show that teaches you how to make all the right moves with regard to money-making, tax savings, and estate protection. Are you ready to thrive through the financial chaos? Here are your hosts, Tom Fortino and Brian Usolding.
2: Good morning, everyone. It's always a great show. Let me ask you a question. Do you remember where the deed to your house is, what you paid for the painting hanging over your mantle, where your life insurance documents are? Have you photographed your belongings? Have you thought through your estate planning? Does anyone know what to do if something happens to you? Does everyone know what your wishes are? And what we're talking about today, of course, is estate planning. You know, that one aspect of your planning that's often overlooked. Sometimes I like to say these are problems that are asleep. Let me let me give you an example real quick to get started here. And this is an example when we talk about being organizing and, and, and knowing where things are. This was an article in the Wall Street Journal. It said, when your 401k has a bad air day, H-E-I-R, not hair day, air day. Even where there's a will, there can be a won't. And this is a hard lesson learned by three adult children of a wealthy telemarketing executive who died suddenly last month. His will states that all his assets are to go to his children. Uh, but here's the thing, most of the money he had in wealth was, was in his 401k retirement account. And the fate of those assets are not dictated by wills. It's a little understood situation. After a lifetime of saving, what ultimately happens to your IRAs, four hundred one ks, and any retirement savings often hinges on what you scribbled down decades earlier as you filled out a form designating your best beneficiaries. And if you haven't updated that paperwork to reflect how your life has changed, reflect how your life has changed. You might not be able to leave your wealth to your heirs. Instead, you could bequeath them a bureaucratic nightmare. Now, the executive died last month, and he should have asked his wife to sign a waiver. Uh, and then name his children as the beneficiaries of 401K. This was a second marriage. And because he didn't, his wife inherits it. although he married her only two months before he died. That's right. Three children were disinherited because getting back to, do you, are you organized? Do you know where things are at? Do you have a plan in place? These are real-life situations. We give many examples of them. And today, as you listen, we're going to give many examples. We're going to give you some great information. We're going to offer reports, and we have some special offers, too. In fact, we have a special guest. Today you've heard me refer to him what <clears throat> well, you've heard me refer to him in the past when we talk about these things. Uh you know, we're an investment planning firm, we're retirement specialists, but what makes us unique is we bring these things into our practice, which is estate planning and and again, I'm going to introduce Frank Salerno. Uh he is a estate planning attorney as well as a CPA. Salerno Law Group is his firm. And again, I've referenced him before, so I want to Thank Frank for being in, and maybe we'll just get right down to it and give these uh, give some people some great information to start. I mean, I don't know. I'll let, I'll defer to you, Frank, where you want to start. But you know, I always talk about being organized. You see these issues all the time, and we can we can even talk about the whole probate process so they understand how that works. Beneficiaries don't go through wills, so you know you probably see this a lot when people come into your office. Out there. Would you say organization and first of all, getting a kind of a A layout of where you're at is the best starting point in this process. Good morning,
3: Tom. Uh, Nice to be with you. Thank you for having me in today. Yes, I would absolutely agree. You know, we sit down with people all the time and they say, I don't know exactly what mom and dad have. You know, they never explained their assets to us. They never told us what they had. They didn't include us in that. We don't know what they have. We don't know where it is. We don't know where to begin. You know, and, and it's a daunting task when you're starting to go back over years to see mm-hmm. what do they have? A retirement accounts? Do they have life insurance? What, what do they have? I know you guys talk a lot about the asset locator. It's a great document. It's something that everybody should have. Mm-hmm. A detailed list. Again, if you don't want to talk to your children about what you have. Put together a list, spell everything out that says, this is my assets, these are the policy numbers, these are the people I work with, and you put it somewhere, let the children know where it is, something happens, they, they've got access to it, and they know exactly where to go. Otherwise, they're looking through boxes <laughs> of paper, they're monitoring the mail, they're looking at old tax returns. Wait, you know, yeah, they, <laughs> yeah, sitting by the mailbox. Well, now everything, you know, so much stuff is paperless, That's and true. it's like, we don't know what mom and dad's passwords are, we can't, we can't access any of that stuff, and so it's, it becomes a nightmare.
2: Yeah, and so I think, and this is something we'll offer, because I'm going to offer the estate planning packet here in a minute. One of the things we will offer in there is this asset summary sheet. In fact, you can download it. What we've done is we put it on a file. So now, if you want us, we'll email it to you. You can download it, and you can just fill it in at your leisure. You can update it. You can keep it on a jump drive if you wanted later, and keep, always keep it updated, print it out. This is what we try to provide, so you do have a, a sense of where it is. Because for those of people who probably do this, you know, besides just having this information for your children, uh, they may be surprised when they go through this, right? I mean, they're going <laughs> to... Well, you know,
3: it's it's a good thing to, you know, periodically take an inventory of your assets, you know, and to to see, look, we've had this old 401k that's sitting somewhere else. Who were the beneficiaries on it? Maybe we yeah. need to update that stuff. So it's, it's good for everyone to go through their assets, make sure that assets are properly titled, beneficiaries are properly, are properly made, and that they're updated. You know, and again, you sit down with these people and they go, geez, they've had these policies a long time ago when the kids were, let's say, little. They didn't put them on as beneficiaries because they were little and they never updated it.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Now, you, you, this article that you have, what if there's no beneficiary?
2: Yep. You know, then it goes through probate. And so, again, you want to update all that stuff. Yeah. So what we'll do is let me do that first, and then we're going to get into this. We're going to give you examples, and and I hope you have your pencil sharpened or pens, whatever you're going to use. Don't sharpen your pen, um, but you know, take some notes on some of these things because I, whether you call in for this information and get it, or you just take some notes, there may there's going to be one or two ideas. I assure you that you'll come away with today, and if if that's the case, we've had a successful show. But. Um, so we'll, let's offer this estate planning packet. We will include the uh, asset summary worksheet that, again, it's downloadable. We'll include the beneficiary report. We'll include the information on this, the essential documents. We'll include um, some of the personal directives. This is a complete packet of information that it talks even about asset titling, which we're going to talk about here in a minute. So give us a call. We'll get that out to you. Again, give us a call in the next few minutes, 800-748-3185, 800 800- 7483185 of the estate planning packet. Let's get started though I guess let's take a step back here. We've talked a little bit about beneficiaries. We're going to get into them a little bit more to understand what are the pros and or how you might want to set those up and make sure you don't disinherit I there's this thing I read one time it says there are only two ways to avoid probate. you live forever or don't own anything. I mean I think that's a kind of a little uh, tongue-in-cheek but there's some truth to can we explain the probate process in the state of Illinois? Sure, well, you know people always say
3: I'm going to spend everything that I have and so I'm not going to have anything. But sometimes that's hard to do. You know, a lot of times when people say I'm spending everything, it's not so much spending it, it's reallocating your assets. I'm going to sell my house and I'm going to move somewhere and I'm going to buy a house on the beach. Yeah, that's just a new asset that you have. Um, but Probate really comes down to titling. And so I don't think it's so much of I'm going to spend everything or I'm not going to own anything. I mean, with respect to the assets themselves that you still own, it really comes down to how are your assets titled? You know, and, and so probate is just a process that when someone dies, their wealth gets transferred. And in the state of Illinois, that's a process that takes a minimum of six months. And so, again, you know, you take someone who has, let's say, their home and their name individually. They pass away. The ownership of that house has to go through the court system. You know and the misconception that people have is, is why have a will? So doesn't that avoid the probate? The will doesn't avoid your probate. I mean, the first question comes down to how are your assets titled? And so mm-hmm. if a person passes and they have assets in their name individually, those assets have to go through the court process. Again, minimum of six months in the state of Illinois. Subject to challenges by, you know what, unhappy children. Subject to claims from creditors. And so it's a, it's a long process. It's an expensive process. And it's a very public process. So you want to avoid all that again, but the the end all be all isn't, do I have a will? It's how are your assets titled? And so instead of saying, I don't own anything, we can own assets. We just want to make sure that they're properly titled, you know, and the trust is the way to do that. You know, we take our assets, we transfer them into a trust. You know, the trust is a document that when we pass away, it doesn't end. It continues on Mm -hmm. and it lays out a plan as to what's going to happen with our assets outside the court system.
2: So I guess, and let's so let's spend a little time on asset titling because one of the reports in this packet is the guide to asset titling that talks about that because you can have assets joint titled, you can have assets individually titled, you can have assets titled to a corporation, and really, I mean, I know there's more to it, but a trust is the title, and so let, we'll talk about some of the pros and cons here. But if you bring it maybe to its common denominator here, the lowest common denominator, it's or the simplest way to look at it is, it's a title. It's just a title. So your bank statement will say the Bob Smith trust, your real, your deed to your home will say the Bob Smith trust. That's a title. The difference is trust don't die. Correct. Right. So the
3: trust would be the Bob, the title would be the Bob Smith trust owns the house. And then there's a separate trust document that says, okay, who's in charge of that trust? That's a trustee, which Mm -hmm. more likely than not is Bob Smith while he's alive. And then he's got a plan in place that says when he passes, the trust appoints a new trustee who will take that house over immediately without the need to go to court, without the need to be appointed. That happens automatically. And then the trust will ultimately say, OK, how is that trust? How is that house controlled? How is it managed? And it really has two two parts to it. While Bob Smith is alive, Bob Smith is in charge of that trust. He's the beneficiary. It's his house. Mm-hmm. But then the trust ultimately will say when he passes, who then becomes the beneficiaries, who then takes over that that, that house, and usually it 's his children or it 's his spouse or mm-hmm. it 's a charity or whoever he wants it to be, but okay. the trust is is a document that exists and it continues on after he passes away. It provides a roadmap it provides somebody who 's managing the property and who gets it after in your example, Bob Smith passes
2: okay we have to get into I want to get into them when we come back. I want to get into joint tiling what happens when you put a child on an asset what happens when it's titled with your spouse or with a brother or sister or whatever, or it's individually titled. We want to talk about that, but let me offer this packet again uh, as we come up to this uh, break, the estate planning packet. and In fact, as I said, titling, there's a there's a report in there on titling that explains it. There's a report in there on beneficiaries. Also, the asset summary sheet, which you can start getting organized. That's one of the keys to this. Give us a call for this information, 800-748-3185, 800 748 3185 for the estate planning packet. Stick around, there's a lot more to come with Tom, Brian, and Frank here on the Alpha Wealth Hour. You know, let's talk a little bit about titling now as we walk through these things, because I talked in the first segment, or we talked in the first segment about, you know, getting organized, uh, taking a snapshot, understanding how assets are titled, how beneficiaries are set up. And when we talk about asset titling, um, and then what documents you have in place, what about personal wishes? There's so much to get into when we talk about this. That's why we offered that estate planning packet. But when we talk about titling, let's spend some time on titling now, you know, um, there's you can have assets titled in just your name you can have and that can be problematic on a number of levels. You have assets that can be titled joint with rights of survivorship. you can have assets that we talked about titled to a trust. Um, and then sometimes if you put a child on an asset, we see that happen too. Um, I don't know if we want to walk through each one of those. I know if you have assets titled individually and something happens to you, that's now it's exposed to probate.
3: Well I mean the problem is two part two problems with having assets titled in your name individually. That's the first one. so if you pass away, question is this, is there now a living owner entitled to those assets and the answer is no and so that's where the courts have to get involved and the courts got to determine who's in charge and who becomes the owner of that but of course the other part is is what if you're in an automobile accident and you're disabled and now you say well someone's got to take control of that asset and pay the bills or sell the house or mm-hmm. access that bank account that's in my name individually you know and you're not able to do it because you're disabled now you potentially back in the court system dealing with guardianship issues and so, you know, you're dealing with the disability and the death site having assets titled in your name individually. And so, I, I mean, I really think we'll talk more about the trust, but trust is the best way to, to alleviate that. But yeah, would, and the issue with assets in your name individually is they have to go through the court system, either if you get sick or if you pass.
2: Yeah, we haven't talked about, you know, you mentioned the trust or powers of attorney. Um, you know, those are the documents that we would consider essential financial powers or durable powers of attorney living trusts, as well as um, medical powers of attorney. But you look at that, if you have a, your account now and something happens to you, if you have a trust, well, it now is not exposed to probate. If you become incapacitated, you have a power of attorney which designates someone to take over. You've just eliminated probate out of your life in that situation, right? Yes, absolutely. Well, see, there's an answer right there. So you need to understand some of these things. I know you are going to say something,
4: Brian? Yeah, I was, I was going to say uh, a lot of times, though, you know, Well, at least I've come across this in meetings with folks is is they have taken those steps. They've put powers of attorney in place, which is great. And they've created a living trust. um, But then they fail to understand that you do need to take the step of retitling assets to the trust. Isn't you You've created this trust. Now everything just automatically flows through there. Is that correct? Correct. The trust is a two-step
3: process. Step one would be we set it up, it's valid, it exists, it's a good document, and then it's empty, it's unfunded. Step two would be to fund it, which would be to transfer your assets to it. And so you prepare a new deed, transferring ownership of the house to the trust, go back, update your beneficiaries to tie everything into the trust. And so the retitling is key to it because just having a trust in place without assets in it will not prevent them from going through probate. The
2: trust has to be the owner of those assets. Well, with joint titling, then. So let's say, because this is something we hear often. Well, my wife's on it. I, I'm all set. If something happens to me, it goes to my wife, right? So, what would your response be to that? Well, you know what? <laughs> or my husband. It goes to my spot, my husband, and then we'll talk about children in a second. But
3: well, so if the assets are joint, you're correct. If the husband passes away, it would automatically go to the wife, and vice versa if she were to pass. That's the joint ownership. But what if you know the husband's disabled? You still need that power of attorney to cover that. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people think, oh, well, we're married. If my husband's in a car accident, I, I could just take control of the house. I'm on it. And, you know, having a marriage license or a marriage certificate doesn't give you the legal authority to transact business for each other. So you still have the disability side.
2: Can but you tell my wife that?
3: No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but the other thing is, is you know, people die simultaneously. We die in a car accident or, yeah. you know, a mom meant to put the property into a trust after dad passed away. And for whatever reason, she forgot she didn't do it. You know, they died very close in time. And so you still run that potential that when the survivor dies, if nothing is changed, the assets have to go through probate. And so the trust prevents that from happening.
2: Yeah. So, again, the answer is, why don't you, why don't you just put it in a trust? And that, that problem, again, that problem goes away, just like the... I mean, well, you know, we,
3: I would agree, you know, but like I guess you're right. A lot of people subscribe to the theory of we'll do it later. You know, why do we have to do it today? We'll just do it later. You know, when that first person passes, we'll worry about it then. We don't need to worry about it right now. But, you know, again, it, it doesn't always happen that way. And so when you're doing this planning, it makes sense to, to pull it all together right now. And then you never have to worry about about doing it later. You have to worry about going through the court system.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, there's a famous quote, isn't it, Ben Franklin, that says, don't put off till tomorrow what you can do today. I think uh, that falls for a lot of things in life, but but, uh, this included in terms of, yeah, we'll get to it later. But you're putting all that onus at some later date on on a person that – You know, maybe up there in age, things may be going on, like you said. uh, It could be a very quick process where one spouse passes and then the next one does, and now you have a huge mess on your hands. You can alleviate that risk. You can alleviate it today by starting to get these documents in place and and really protect yourself and give yourself the peace of mind that that you need out there. Yeah, whether
2: you have documents, and a lot of times we see people have done them, they put them on a shelf, they haven't looked at them in three years, or you just haven't really done a review of things, or you haven't put anything in place right now. You know, it's it's never a pleasant thing to talk about. But unless you figured out some other strategy, at some point, we're all going to pass away. And that's part of life, but you just never know when. So, what we want to offer now, um, you know, the thing about it too is if your state isn't buttoned up, everything you own, including your home, your cars, your checking accounts, your CDs, mutual funds, everything, it could go through probate. And it could cost a lot of money and a lot of time. And it's a very, 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 Um, I don't know, it's it's difficult with families, too. I mean, I always say, if you have five people around the table, they're not all going to agree sometimes. So what you want to do is, this is an opportunity, so I want to make this offer to you, and and Frank's sitting here, so he's going to be part of this, but uh, (laughs) for any of you that want to do an estate planning review, you want to figure out how to do your estate plan. we'll do a beneficiary audit. We'll take a look at how assets are titled. We'll take a look at documents if you've reviewed them, if you give us a call, and you'll walk out of here knowing what are the next steps I need to do. Um, We can help you with that, too, but we have offices throughout Schaumburg, Oakbrook, throughout Chicago, and I should say Schaumburg, Oakbrook, Chicago, What I miss? Northbrook. You can come on in. If you give us a call in the next few minutes, we'll set the time aside for you. This is a complimentary consultation. It doesn't cost you anything. Um, so give us a call, we'll do the comprehensive review, you'll have an estate plan in place, you'll walk out of there knowing what you need to do, and it's going to give you some, certainly some peace of mind in knowing that these things are in place. We know a good plan shortens the road to your goal, so take advantage of this. Give us a call, 800-748-3185, 800-748-3185 for the comprehensive estate planning tax review, because we do stuff to talk about taxes, by the way. But let's just talk when we're talking about. tiling one more time, uh, one more other thing on this, which is somewhat common, we see a spouse dies. You talked about that, and someone says, "Well, I'll deal with it." One time, one way they sometimes deal with it is they put a child on an asset. That's we see that, right? Well, I mean, it's easy, you know, and, and 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 usually the easiest thing
3: isn't the best thing. But that's what people say all the time, you know. And I've got my children on owners of the house, and so it's mom, dad, and son or daughter. And so assuming son or daughter are the last person standing, they're the owners of the house outside of probate. Same thing with those checking accounts, those bank accounts. You know, we've added our children onto our bank accounts. The problem with that is a couple things. For me, the biggest problem is potential creditors. Because now if the children have creditors, so son or daughter gets in an automobile accident and their creditors are going after their assets, well, one of their assets is now an ownership in mom and dad's house. It's an ownership in mom and dad's bank account in their portfolio. And so you, mom and dad have subjected their assets to creditors of their children. You know, most people don't think of that. You know, And they think, oh, well, the kids could ultimately say, this really isn't my house. It's mom and dad's house. But their creditor goes, it doesn't matter what the understanding is between you and your parents. You are on title. You have a legal ownership interest in that asset, and your creditor could seize it. Your creditor could attach it. So adding the kids' names to the title, first thing it does is it subjects those assets to claims of the kids. Not to say the kids are bad people, but people get in car accidents all the time. We have business ideas that don't quite work out the way that we thought they do. And so creditors are
2: out there. What if they're divorced?
3: Yeah, you know, that's the other thing. The issue that you have is, is you put son on, you put daughter on and then they get divorced. And I saying, you know what, my my former son-in-law, my former daughter-in-law now is trying to get at this house. And so it, it's just a bad idea. I mean, it really opens up a lot of creditor issues, whether they're creditors, whether there's children going through divorces, it's you know it's. The other issue you potentially is to say, well, now do the kids? If my children are then filing financial aid applications for their children, do they have to list these assets yeah. on their applications because they now own a third of this house or half of this house or half of this bank account? And so, you know, and again, it starts out as it's very simple. I just add their name to these assets, but it's it's not quite it's it's not, it's not quite that simple. It's it's not a good idea.
4: What about our other friend, which is the IRS, and the views of the IRS is it considered a, a gift?
3: Well, it would be considered a gift because the IRS is going to say <laughs> you put their name on it. You know, and again, the kids always come back and say, well, you know, mom's still paying the bills. Mom's paying the real estate taxes. Mom's paying the homeowners insurance and the utilities. But they're on title. It's a gift. Same thing with that bank account. I mean, those are gifts that are made to the kids.
2: Yeah. So they would be subject to gift tax laws. There's also capital gains tax issues when they sell the property. You don't inherit it now. You're instead, you know, so there's a lot of issues here. I mean, there's so much to talk about today. Unfortunately, we can't get everything, but you can get this information. If you give us a call, the estate planning packet, it's going to offer the guide to titling, offers the essential documents report, beneficiaries, all of the information, as well as issues on personal wishes, the asset summary sheet. It's in, it's all in there. It's like Prego, it's in there. Give us a call, 800 748 3185. 800 748 3185 to get the estate planning packet or come in and visit us. Give us a call, get the information. Coming up, we're going to get into some of the tax issues as well as more on the beneficiary designations. You need to be aware of this stuff. You're listening to Tom, Frank, and Brian here on AM560 The Answer. You know, at the break, we were talking about uh, the no estate taxes. Donald Trump came out and said no estate taxes. I think Hillary Clinton would take every penny you had if she could. But anyway. Well, I think uh, she
4: wants to up the estate tax. She
2: probably does. That's I, what I read which is in her policy. Give us everything. and uh, short, And that's it. That's a short form.
4: She wants to lower the exemption for estate tax, but then also up the, I think, the the tax on estate tax. We're in trouble. Increase the rate. Yeah. God help us. Um, Anyway. We're just going to take it all. Don't (laughs) worry. It's ours. It's
2: in your best interest. Um, Anyway, uh, we're going to get into tax here in a minute, but I thought we'd spend a little time. We've offered the estate planning packet um, as well if you want to give us a call for that which has all the information we just talked about, uh, we've been talking about, but in a lot more detail. You can sit down and go through it and spend some, you know, spend some time on it, mark it up, and then call us if you want to come in after that. Uh, we'll include the asset summary worksheet, which is downloadable. You can put it on. You can put it on your computer. You can update it and really understand where I will tell you, if you go through this process, you're going to find titles on things you forgot about, account you opened up a long time ago, never put anybody else's name on it. You're going to find beneficiaries that are probably inaccurate. So this is a great exercise to go through. So give us a call for this information, 800-748-3185, 800-748-3185, we're, 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 um, we're joined with, Frank Salerno's is joining us today, we, he, Frank Salerno, Salerno Law Group, you've heard us reference him many times in our, uh, in our when we've talked about estate planning in the past, uh, we partnered with him, he does the estate planning, and uh, so he's with us today, so this is a, a treat. We're going to talk, we, we've talked about titling so far. We've talked about getting organized. We've talked about probate. Let's talk a little bit about beneficiary designations. I talked at the beginning of the uh, hour about how these, this gentleman disinherited his children because it went to a spouse he'd been married to for two months because he didn't update the beneficiaries. One of the comments I typically make with beneficiaries is unless you name your will or trust specifically, those documents have nothing to do with the beneficiary designations. And I guess you can expand on that. That's that's an accurate statement, right?
3: It is an accurate statement. And so assets that have beneficiaries on them, life insurance, retirement accounts, you can put a beneficiary on a bank account for that matter. That beneficiary designation will override a person's will, will override a trust. And so a will will only cover assets that are in a person's name individually, no trust, no beneficiary. Assets in it, the trust will only cover assets that are either titled in the trust or are the beneficiary is the trust. And so it comes back to Brian's point earlier is you set this trust up, you have to go back and you have to button everything up. And so the beneficiary designation will override everything else. And so that's why you want to make sure that your beneficiary is alive, your beneficiary is, of, 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 is still competent is the right person and the right age, which again, that's why if you say, well, I'm going to funnel all this stuff through a trust and I've got a lot more covered in the trust, the what ifs, if you will, you're set because the funds with the assets would then funnel into the trust. But you need to make sure that that trust would be the beneficiary.
2: Right. So you can name a trust a beneficiary. People need to be aware of that. It doesn't have to be an individual. No, it could absolutely be a trust. Yeah.
4: Yeah. I think, you know, then it comes down to understanding all, all the moving parts that go into this, and we were talking about earlier the tax consequences of if you're using a retirement account, you know, first and foremost, that's usually most people's largest investable asset is their IRA or 401k. And if they put a trust on as the beneficiary other than a spouse or their children, just the rules and, and the different nuances that may go into how that inherits that asset compared to individuals.
3: Well, the thing about the retirement accounts, it's a different asset than anything else, like a house or or, or other things, because there's income tax issues when someone dies. And so you want to make sure with your retirement account that if you do name a trust as the beneficiary, that the trust is properly set up. And so, again, most people think, oh, I can't name the the trust as the beneficiary because it'll have negative income tax ramifications. A properly set up trust could be the beneficiary of a retirement account and still get the same tax treatments and the same tax benefits as if the individuals were. And what we're ultimately talking about is is no one wants to get money out of a retirement account and pay taxes quicker than they otherwise could. And so the plan with a retirement account would be is to stretch it out, to set it up as an inherited IRA, and so that if the children inherit mom or dad's retirement account, they don't have to pay tax at a lump sum when mom Uh or dad die, that they could continue to stretch it out potentially over their life expectancy we could do that with the trust. That's called a conduit trust would say that uh, trust is the beneficiary, but we ultimately look through the trust to the individuals to stretch it out over their life expectancy. So we could still get the same tax benefits with the trust as well as with the kids as the individuals. Yeah. You just have to
2: be careful about that and how you set up. We can talk about that in a segment in a second, but understand, right. The IRAs, 401ks, you know, what are called spousal rollover privileges, unless there's some, if it's a second marriage or and I'm not saying you would do it anyway, but for whatever reason, um, typically you're going to name your spouse as the primary beneficiary because they can assume ownership of those accounts with no taxable consequence. It goes to them. They can put their name on it as though it was theirs. It is a non-taxable event. It's to the children, a non-spouse beneficiary where every penny becomes taxable and they have to start taking distributions. They cannot assume ownership. So we just need to be careful about how that happens. We can talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, but go ahead. Right, but
3: so if the spouse, so yes, if there was for the survivor, spouse has passed, then we would then the trust could serve as the primary beneficiary, but you're right, if there is a spouse, spouse especially if they're under 70 and a half, should be the primary beneficiary, better income tax benefits, trust could be the contingent.
2: And they can disclaim it too, so if the spouse wants to disclaim it, let it go to the contingent beneficiary, they can do that. There's all these different moving parts, and this is why, again, I want to make this offer, you know, if you think about the most important thing in your life, it's your kids and your grandkids. And one of the most important things you can do for them is to ensure your estate is protected and that your wealth is passed along to them without the government, and I like to say getting their grubby little hands on it. So here's what we're going to offer. We're going to offer this. If you want to come into any one of ours, this is a complimentary consultation. We'll review documents. We'll look at beneficiaries. We'll discuss strategies to minimize taxes. Asset tiling. it's all there. Give us a call in the next few minutes to schedule a time to come in and see us. It's a great opportunity. 800 748 3185. 800 748 3185. You listen to Tom, Brian, and Frank here on AM 560 The Answer. You know, it never seems like we have enough time here, but today we're joined by Frank Salerno of the Salerno Law Group. Uh, estate planning attorney, CPA. So we can talk taxes. We can talk estate planning. And, you know, this is part of what we do as a firm. We're an investment advisory, retirement specialist firm. But, you know, this is what makes us unique. We partner with people like Frank because, you know, the goal is, I like to use this term, when you work with us, you're complete. There's no loose ends here. Assets are titled properly. Beneficiaries are set up. We've talked a lot about it today. I've offered the estate planning packet. I'm going to offer that again. Uh, But uh, it includes everything from the beneficiary reports and, and understanding that. Uh, asset titling, essential documents, personal wishes, which we're going to get into. Uh, so if you want to get that information, you can give us a call again, whether you have a plan in place, whether you're thinking about putting a plan in place, there are going to be things in this that are going to surprise you and probably, uh, to your benefit, you'll be able to make some adjustments and, uh, and also the asset summary sheet, which is a downloadable worksheet. You can use that to do a, you know, a review and organizing, organizing of all your assets. So give us a call for this information. 800-748-3185. 800-748-3185. 800-748-3185. 800-748-3185. I want to get into personal wishes and personal property here in a second, but one last thing I want to talk about with taxes is understanding the difference. IRAs, 401Ks, 403Bs, retirement accounts are taxable to non-spouse beneficiaries as far as they cannot assume ownership. I mean, they're taxable to everybody when you take money out. Understand that. But you there's a way to get them to your children where they can stretch them out over their lifetime. There's pros and cons naming the trust versus the individual but also inherited property. So there's cap- potential capital gains tax. Um, and so people have to understand what is the tax consequence when they pass on to their, their beneficiaries? And there's an optimum way to do that, right? To minimize the taxes to their beneficiaries, their children and grandchildren, I should say.
3: Well, that gets back to your point about do we give kids assets while we're alive? Do we put their name on assets or do we let them inherit them? You know, And, and so from an inheriting standpoint, when, when someone inherits an asset, their interest or their basis in that asset is, is what is it worth on the day that they inherited it? So take a piece of property. You know, mom, dad, they own some some rental property. They've completely depreciated that property because they've had it for a long period of time. So the basis is zero. If they put the kids' names on title or if they give it to their children, the children's basis is still zero. They can now start redepreciating it. It's still zero. If they sell it, there's still gain there. If alternatively the kids inherit that piece of property, they get a step up in basis. And so instead of the basis being zero, it's what is it worth the day mom or dad passed away? So we have a new basis. So again, when we have rental property, really two things happen. One is, is we've lost all that gain. So any gain that mom and dad would have, if they were to sell, it is now gone. If the kids were to sell it the day after Aside from that, if the kids say, no, this is a good piece of property. It's generating a lot of income. We want to keep it. We've now just set a new basis. We could start depreciating it again. And so again, Gifting comes with a carryover basis. Inheriting comes up with a step-up basis. So again, same thing with you know, say a, a stock. If mom and dad bought something for a dollar, it's not worth ten dollars. There's nine dollars worth of gain there. If they give that to the children, the children inherit that nine dollars worth of gain when they sell it. If those children inherit that asset rather than a gift, their basis is now ten dollars. That nine dollars is gone, and so mm-hmm. we want the step-up in basis. But again, it comes down to is, is, is what's the best way to get that step up in basis? Again, so we don't want to put their names on title because we lose the step up in basis. We don't want to run it through probate. Keeping in our names individually. We, we put it into the trust. The kids are ultimately, what amounts to is, is the contingent beneficiaries on the trust. They inherited it outside the court process, so there's no probate. They get a step-up in basis. It's really a win-win.
4: Yeah, and if you have powers of attorney and, and the trust in place, then the kids, if your kids are your powers of attorney and the successor trustees, they can step in. They can continue to, to yeah. man the ship. They can make the decision. So you're getting all the benefits of putting your kid's name on title just without all the negatives, right? Yeah. They still have the control. They still have all the things that you want them to be able to do. They still get the assets. It avoids the court <clears> systems, <throat> but you don't get all the negativities, which are the tax consequences, the the ownership of uh, creditors, and everything else that can come out. So it's it's a better way to 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 you know, build that vessel, it's a better tool to, to accomplish what you want to accomplish. Yeah, maybe a little more work up front, but it's going to save you so much in the long run.
3: Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and the other thing is, is if mom and dad change their mind later on down the line, they could very easily make an amendment to the trust. Whereas if we put the kids' names on title and we want to change something, we need the kids to cooperate yeah, to make that change. I
2: love that there, sign off of the house Yeah, now.
3: you got to sign your name off of the house <laughs> to give it to someone else. Whereas if it's in the trust and we say, oh, we want to leave it to the grandchildren rather than the children. It's very easy. We are still in control. We can still make any changes that we yeah. want. We don't have to ask anybody anybody's permission to do anything.
2: Yeah, and this is just factual. We're not, you know, there's not an opinion here. We're telling you how it works. And so uh, a lot of people I've had this where people say, well, someone told me this. Someone told me that this is just a fact. This is how things work. So you have to make that decision. I always say, why would you not do these things? You eliminate probate. You have your assets go to the people you want. They go in the most effective manner with the least taxes. Okay, where do I sign? You know, so this is why we offer this information for you. Um, Let me do this again. I want to offer this. I know we've offered the estate planning packet, but I also want, for those of you that are really serious about this, that want to do something about it, we're offering an opportunity to sit down with us. We'll go through all of this. We'll do the audit through uh, through your beneficiaries. We'll take a look at how the assets are titled. We'll talk to you about taxes. We'll look at your documents. If you've done them, we'll review the documents. If you haven't, we'll talk about putting them in place. You will have a an opportunity to start putting a state plan in place. Get this done. Take it off the list. Get it done. Give us a call. We have offices in, in throughout Chicagoland, Schaumburg, Oakbrook, Northbrook, Chicago. 800 748 3185. 800 748 3185. Let's get into personal property for a second because we we're coming up against a break but I always hear about what about my wedding ring? What about that baseball card collection? You probably come across this quite often, right?
3: Yeah, we do. <laughs> you know, people have significant personal property whether it's just things that you talked about or other assets for that matter. But, you know, it's good to have some sort of a list, some sort of a directive of where your personal property goes. You know, most people think, oh, we'll just leave it to the kids. They'll divide it up themselves. But it's a good
4: idea to have a list of exactly what personal items you have and who's getting exactly what. The question I get all the time is, what about the car? Because people think, well, my car has a title. Do I need to title the car to the trust?
3: Well, you know, it's tough to title the car because then it has potential
2: impacts on the insurance. So we can cover that with a list. Okay, we'll get it when we come back. You're with Frank, Tom, and Brian here on AM560 The Answer. You know, Eleanor Roosevelt was fearful of being buried alive. I think she had; she was off a little bit. But anyway, the former first lady requested her major veins be severed to eliminate the possibility of regaining consciousness after burial. And these are some wishes. Hey, you know, everyone has their own wishes. Who am I to judge? But uh, that's what we're talking about today. Was regarding your estate planning. We've covered titling. We've covered beneficiary designation as best as we could in a short time frame. We've covered probate and having the right documents in place. Now we've talked a little bit more about personal property and personal wishes. And these are things that, you know, maybe go a little above and beyond the legal documents. But having this talk with your family and saying, hey, my wish is to have my wedding ring. there not a title on your wedding ring. There's not a title on a on a sh- set of china that was passed down or heirloom, right? So this is pretty important to your overall plan because it can cause the biggest arguments.
3: Yeah, it, it certainly can. You know, I didn't you probably was mentioning it about the car. You know, so Illinois, as most states do, they have a streamlined process to cover all of these personal items. And okay. so people are always like... To transfer my car, it's going to go through, or my wedding ring, it's going to go through six months' worth of probate. There's a streamlined process in the state of Illinois to cover those personal items without the need to go into court, which is a good thing. So having the list, whether it's a piece of paper that you spell out, my wedding ring goes here, my automobile goes there, and having it part of your plan, that's valid. And so your executor, your representative, has the authority without the need to go to court to transfer that title, to transfer your wedding ring, to transfer your furniture, your china. <laughs> But you want to have it all spelled out. And so the kids aren't saying, well, you got this, I got that. You know, and, and, and most people, everyone's always like, well, the kids get along, everyone will be happy. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when mom and dad are gone, there's always that little bit of sibling rivalry that comes up. You know, mom liked you better. Dad liked you better. They gave you this when you were when they were alive. I didn't get that. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> yeah. and, and so you, you hear the horror stories, but the horror uh. stories are ours is, you know, you took to China that was worth X. And I yeah. got this beat up love seat that was worth something significantly less than that. And so... You know, and again, it's the horror stories are out there. You know, and oh, yeah. they happen, and most people are like, oh, it's not going to happen to me. But then they're surprised to hear that it happened to you know some like, well, I never would have thought that would happen to to this person or that person. So they're there They happen. Take control. Have a list. It's very simple. You can jot it down on a piece of paper. Who's getting all these personal items? You always talk about the stories where, you know, the people will put, you know, a little piece of tape on the bottom of a vase or on the bottom of, you know, the the plate saying is this goes to this son, this (laughs) goes to that daughter, all that stuff controls. And so we we need to have a a plan for it all.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, all of this, look, I say this and I think it's true. Um, It's not always about dollars and cents. And it's always also, you know, it's it's sometimes I think most children want to fulfill their parents wishes. But if they don't know your wishes, this is where all the chaos starts. So. You know you can document a lot of these things, and, and I think that's why we want to offer this information. I'll offer it one more time. Personal wishes. We'll put the five wishes in there as well. I mean, it's all in there. This is a great packet of information, so give us a call for it. Better yet, come in and see us, actually, but and we'll go through this personally. You have a personal review of everything. If you have documents, we'll look through those We'll uh, and review them for you. We'll do the beneficiary review, the titling review, everything, tax review. It's all included, so give us a call. 800-748-3185. 800
4: Yeah, I think we also, you know, we've mentioned it on prior shows, is you do a family meeting, you have your children, you have your, your, your the bloodlines there, and you talk about some yeah. of these things. You talk about having a trust in place and, Oh, we're naming you as a successor trustee. Here's what's required of you. Or you're our power of attorney for medical. You're our power of attorney for financial. Or, hey, we're talking about yep. leaving personal property. Here's the wedding ring. Let's tell the story behind it so there's a legacy. There's It takes more of a, a meaning. That's your legacy rather than the monetary value of a piece of jewelry because, yeah. let's face it, we live in a society now where, uh, you know, we're not so concerned a lot of times with things from the past. We want newer, better things. Yeah. But when you have that story and you have that legacy, it really means a lot. And, and, yeah. and it, it can be really one of the, the better meetings you have and, and communications yeah. key. Well,
2: Frank, thanks a lot for coming in. Oh, well, thank you guys for and having me. We're going to have it again soon. This was great. So you got a lot of great information. I hope everybody out there did some actionable items. You can give us a call for the information, 800-748-3185. As always, everyone have a blessed week and let's get to work.
0: alpha wealth hour presented by the alpha wealth group will return next saturday at 9 a.m for information or questions about any of the content of the show or to speak with tom o'brien call 800-748-3185 that's 800-748-3185 and be sure to tune in next week